Hey geeks, it's Jana and Ashley. Thanks for joining us this episode of the Geek Girls Universe podcast, your place for the latest geek and fandom news. Welcome back, friends, to the Geek Girls Universe podcast. We are excited to talk with two veteran Disney performers and creators, Julie Frost and Mike Dumbro. These two have created an empowering musical adventure podcast for kids called The Super Secret Hive. The Super Secret High follows the adventures of a cast of quirky characters, all voiced by Julia Mike, as they navigate a host of challenges to help kids save the world. It covers topics like honeybees and pollinators, plastic in the ocean, germs, inclusion, and kindness versus bullying, and so much more. Welcome, Julia Mike. Please introduce yourselves to our listeners. Hi, thank you so much for having us. This is Julie. And this is Mike. We're so excited to be here. Awesome. We're so excited to have you with us. Yes. Such a cute show. I'm only three episodes in, but I'm hooked. And I'm a full-grown adult, so kids <laughs> have not that have not watched this yet are going to be so excited. 100%. You know, we, yes, we, we hope it's one of those shows that you kind of get in there and, and just get excited by the energy, the positivity, and just the, the, uh, just the fun that is all of the characters that you get to, to know and hopefully love. You know, it reminds me a lot of like those sort of radio sh- shows from the 1930s and 40s, that kind of golden age of radio. What, where did you guys get the idea for the Super Secret Hive? So we have been building projects together for a number of years, and all of the projects revolve around kind of empowering kids, helping kids become happier and healthier in in some way or another. So we, in the past, were actually writing and producing live musicals that we would take to schools, and that uh, quickly went away with COVID, as did many things. So we had to do a quick pivot, and we had already been working on an audio project this spring. So we were very audio focused. We realized how impactful audio could be and how engaging it could be when it's done well. So we thought, how cool would it be to do a podcast for kids? Both Mike and myself love listening to adult podcasts, um, but we knew it needed to be a different format than just the normal, you know, chit chat back and forth or interview style podcast. And so we wanted it to be extremely interactive and engaging and we want the whole family to feel involved when listening to it. So it started with the first episode that's about honeybees. And um, that one took a while as we were kind of figuring out what the show was going to be, what our voice was going to be. And then from there, we got some good feedback from our friends and family that we shared it with. And we just kept chugging along as our, our furlough you know, it went longer and longer. And we were able to just create more and more episodes. Yeah. And I think, you know, part of the fun was kind of creating all these different characters that um, by default, we were, (laughs) you know, we got the part, yay, you know, that we got the chance to be able to um, inhabit and really play with just like the musicality of our voices and some different effects to kind of create those characters. And it it reminded me of if you've ever heard, um, you know, a really good book on tape um, or streaming book, Audible, that kind of thing where, you know, you've got one narrator that has to do sometimes a hundred different characters in a book and you have to keep track of what's going on. I think that combined with um, what Julie's talking about, about, you know, the oral experience to kind of really get them to a, to a new location. And, you know, so many of us have been kind of um, 
sequestered to the same location for you know many of these last months to try to open a new world where they can imagine it in their mind and not necessarily something that they have to see or look on a screen uh, to to journey to this place. I have to say because like our kids are doing the distance learning thing, I love that it's a podcast, and because they're on the screen so much that it's nice to have something that they can listen to, feel engaged with, but not have to be just like staring at a screen while it's happening. I think even us adults are, well, I'll speak for myself only, but I'm definitely screen timed out, you know, with Zoom calls. And I feel like, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like calls don't really happen very much anymore. Every time someone wants to meet now, they're like, okay, I'll I'll send you a Zoom link. And I'm like, no, it's just, (laughs) it's so much screen time. I feel like a bunch of us are burnt out from that. So it's really nice to just have to use a different part of your brain and have to engage in a way that we're, we're not really used to, or especially kids. Kids are not really used to having to listen to something and use their imaginations to come up with this world in their minds. So we liked that this was definitely an alternative to screen time, but one where they're still able to be entertained and engaged. And, you know, by adding, uh, we wanted music to be a huge part of this. So from the or- underscore of the of the whole show to uh, the songs themselves, we've got um, 14 original songs in, in these six episodes. Um, something that, you know, has a repeatability, we hope, for, for kids that absolutely they can listen as a family and they can listen on the car on the way to the grocery store, what have you. They can also, you know, a, a, a child could listen by themselves with some headphones while they're cleaning their room, just kind of hanging out um, and and really stay engaged. And hopefully that music will will help them with that repeatability that maybe some of the ideas and concepts that didn't go through the first time with the help of the songs and, you know, how songs just tend to linger. And hopefully if it's got a good hook, you'll remember those those words and then they'll start to have a lot more meaning as time goes on. I have to say, I personally love the songs. Like that to me is... Yeah. As much fun as just the stories themselves. But I'm also, I'm a music theater kid. So I, like, that's my jam. I mean, I was in the car listening this morning to Dear Evan Hansen on my way to drop my mom off at the doctor. I was like, like, that's just what I do. So to be able to have that kind of music intertwined is really fun. Yeah, I think the songs for us were are definitely we- the strong suit and what we were most excited about. Um, at least, well, at least for me, I'll speak for myself, but I, I was most excited about having these songs and be, being able to use them as the vehicles for learning. If you think of like Schoolhouse Rock. Oh, yeah. Um, or even Disney sure. movies, right? You're not often quoting the Disney movie. You're often singing the song. I mean, I just think of Frozen and how every kid, you know, runs around <laughs> singing Let It Go. Um, so, yeah, the hope is that we teach the messages throughout the story and the adventure, but that, the like Mike said, the hook of the songs is what helps to uh, drive the point home. And, and we definitely speak the uh, the th- musical theater language. We're, we're uh, nerds for that as well. And I think some of the inspiration for us from the music side, you know, comes from great theater works or even great Disney musicals where the music kind of... Um, uh, the music music changes and is informed by could be a geographic location, could be the cultural change, um, it could be the character. So we really worked hard to try to create different soundscapes from the sound effects that you hear in the background, but also really that it would inform the music. Um, you know, somebody like uh, Polly the Pollinator is is our um, country country honeybee so we needed a song that would be uh that would be appropriate for her and then same thing when we get to the there's a jazz bar under uh underwater jazz club that um that needed to sound you know 180 degrees from what it sounded like with polly so all of those things were hopefully a, a, a 
fun for the audience to listen to, but were a blast for us to kind of explore and see what we could come up with. Definitely. Yeah. My son my son sings the wash your hands song because he's like <laughs> he says it sounds like a rock song. So he's all like, wash your hands. And I was like, all right. <laughs> I can totally see him doing that too. <laughs> he's uh, we yeah. we had a lot of fun with that song. There, I'm, I'm sure you know, um, but there are just so many wash your hand songs that exist already, and most of them kind of like I feel like they almost speak down to the kid. And we we wanted to make sure we intentionally do not do that in our songs. We want to make sure that I mean we're not. I don't want to say we speak to them as adults, but we just we speak to them as human beings who are intelligent. And and so we we kind of had a lot of fun poking fun at all of those wash your hands songs that do exist. Um, and, and Mike especially had a lot of fun with that song. Uh, yeah. Do it, making it just a crazy rock song. And it, we were hoping that there would be some kids that got a kick out of it. So I'm glad to hear that your son <laughs> likes it. Definitely. Okay. So speaking of like all the songs and everything, you guys wrote all of it. How long does it take you to work on an episode? I mean, sometimes I'm sitting here staring at a blank screen for just one article, like let alone a whole podcast and music and everything else. Yeah, so it was a lengthy process because we wore every hat. So I think in an an ideal world, we would not be wearing every hat, um, but we did everything from, you know, concept, you know, coming up with the ideas to writing the episodes, voicing all the characters. Mike does all of the musical scoring and the songwriting, and then we record, and then I do all the mixing and mastering. So it's a it's a lengthy process. It definitely took us the full six months to put out the, full, the six uh, adventures and the 14 songs. We did get in a groove uh, by the end where we, we could do an episode in about a two-week span of time, but that was – Full, full-time work, if not more, um, to do all of those, uh, to, you know, to do that whole checklist and to make sure that it was done well. So definitely a lengthy process. <laughs> yeah. And the, the blank page is a, obviously a very intimidating uh, thing to look at. So it was, um, despite the fact that we were so far apart, I'm in Florida and she's in Texas, um, to, to be able to, you know, whether it was through a Google Doc or what have you, but we felt connected to be able to bounce things, uh, you know, off each other and, and get the feedback that we needed right then. Um, luckily, you know, once we got our groove, the the blank page, it wasn't all about like, oh, no, we're, we didn't get writer's block per se, but we did get better at, at going back to to edit and and really decide, you know, what the trajectory of the of the season was going to be and where these characters were going to go in the end. So there are a lot of characters in the podcast, um, all of them super fun, but you two voice all of them, correct? Yes, we do. <laughs> so how did you decide um, how each one would sound and come up with their names? And <laughs> I love the names. I just, I love the names. They are. They're super cute. <laughs> Um, we had a lot of fun with creating these characters. I would say, um, for me, I, from a young age, have always kind of had like the, you know, quote unquote, Disney sound for better or for worse. So that served me well working for Disney because I never had to manipulate that sound. It just kind of really fit in the character. So this was a big stretch for me and Mike. Is, has been an educator for many years and was really great and kind of leading me through how do you, how do you sound like someone who doesn't sound like you? So this was the first time I really even had to put on a quote unquote character voice. I know there are a lot of you know character actors who that's what they have specialties in, but for me as the kind of you know the 
the quote unquote ingenue. I, I just never had to manipulate my voice in that way. So that was kind of, that was intimidating and a fun learning process. Mike, on the other hand, is I mean, he is just awesome at coming up with these characters. I mean, a lot of the women are voiced by Mike. I don't know if you know that in the series. I mean, he just, he is very <laughs> funny and very creative with how he uses his instrument. And he has a really wide range um, and, and how he uses as well. So I'm, I'm very impressed. Mike, you can kind of dive into how you come up with the characters. Well, first of all, I'm jealous of people that, that have a built-in sound like Julie. I always uh, think that's such an awesome voice to have. Um, I appreciate the challenges, of course, you know, trying to, to maneuver anybody's instrument to try to find that other voice, but she's got such a great um, energetic and positive sounding voice that can, can do a lot of different things. Um, you know, with musical theater backgrounds, I always felt like I was a little bit cursed because I'm a bass baritone, uh, not a baritone tenor. So, you know, many of the, many of the parts that are written for uh, performers are way above my vocal vocal range. So it, it is about kind of uh, what can you do with your vocal range and still tap into those maybe those uh, those those pitches that that you don't normally sing, but but for a character's purpose, um, you can you can commit to it and, and make it happen. So um, yes, we do have the benefit of some digital uh, manipulation. You know, if we're if we're honeybees and we want to have a little bit higher pitch, we can get a little bit of help from that. But a lot of it is just kind of the tone and and how you deliver different words. Um, so many great animated performer, you know, perform, voiceover performers that are out there that some of them, you know, their voice, no matter what they do, you know, Mel Blanc, who, Blanc, who did um, Bugs Bunny and um, a lot of the Warner Brothers cartoons back in the day, you could still kind of hear his voice underneath all that. And then you've got some other voices like, um, uh, oh, his name's escaping me now, but he's the current Winnie the Pooh, but he also did Ray the Firefly and Princess and the Frog and Darkwing Duck. And like, he's just been, you know, you can't detect his voice. Um, so that was kind of the, the thing we wanted to be storytellers for the kids and the families so that if they did detect some of our vocal tendencies, that's okay because we're kind of reading the, reading them the story while it's happening. But yeah, some of it was just to be like, okay, how how <laughs> crazy can we make these characters and and see if uh, the audience will buy it and, and appreciate it? Yeah, Jim Cummings is super talented. Like yes, that. I, I get it. It's um, but it, but I feel like sometimes when you have a voice like that too, you almost get pigeonholed into certain things um, because you do sound, you know, or you you can only make it sound so many ways. Well, and, and a lot of times when people hear you, um, this is something that, you know, as an educator and when I worked for the American Idol experience at Hollywood Studios, to not kind of prejudge people on what they're coming in with when you just hear them talk. So people will hear right. my, my lower voice and be like, oh, you should be the villain. And I'm like, oh, cool. I mean, that's 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 great for the stretch of, a, of an actor's, you know, d dynamic and, and dramatic range. But... Um, I can be funny sometimes, but you know, sometimes they're like, no, 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 you're, you're scary sounding and go grow a beard and we're ready to go. As an alto, I feel your pain on that one. Yeah. <laughs> as a soprano, I totally feel your pain on that one. <laughs> I, I just, I mean, is any Disney princess ever going to be an alto? We know, we'll never know. So. Right. <laughs> I mean, she I'll should be though, because altos have like this great belty range that sopranos just really never get. Yeah, but you know, we're just, we're always the villain. <laughs> oh my it's gosh. True. It's fair. <laughs> but you know, sometimes the villain songs are the best. Poor Unfortunate Souls, you know, oh, what a yes. fantastic percent Friends on the Other Side, uh, I think is fantastic. You know, all of that. So, but again, we get cast as villains. So it's like, yeah, uh, yeah. you, you, you okay. kind of have to prove them, prove them up uh, uh, otherwise. Well, I love yep. it because you, 
we need to prove them wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and and the poor altos, you know, when you're singing harmony, sometimes yeah. you're just singing the same note over and over and over and over again. Uh, and you're, and yeah. you're like, sopranos, could you try something harder than the melody? <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? In fairness, I try to sing the, you know, harmonize whatever piece of music I'm singing to just because I always get stuck with a melody. That's well, that's great. I think that's great. Then you can try a different, <laughs> different voice on for size. Yes. Yep. That's awesome. That's so funny. Um, let's see, where were we? What were we talking about before we went on that little tangent? Oh yes. Voicing characters. <laughs> um, and so, and then names. So we talked about the names a little bit. I know um, Ashley loved um, like the Judy Trench and the Sir Washer hands a lot. Um, I have to say, I did literally laugh out loud at the ESBN and the SBA, <laughs> like, you know, sort of business names, like th those cracked me up in that episode. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, those are the little things that like you guys stick in there for the adults, right? Like kids don't necessarily get those, but the adults, oh, some yeah. of those acronyms are definitely going to get them. Yeah, Absolutely. Important when writing that we made this enjoyable for everyone listening. I know there's a lot of kids content out there that can be, you know, kind of grating on the ears for the adults in the car or in the house. So we wanted to make sure that this is just a really fun listening experience for everyone. And just kind of, you know, like a lot of Pixar movies that we, we love how they're just the oldest member of the family can enjoy it as, as much as the youngest. So that was kind of our goal with that. And, and with a lot of those jokes. And and sometimes the joke, you know, if one person laughs, that's the greatest thing for me on the planet because it was meant for that one person. You know, sometimes it's, it's great to have everybody laugh at a joke, but sometimes you, it's, you feel even more special when that joke is like, especially in pop culture where you, you get a reference that not everybody gets and we want to have different levels of, getting it to this show, you know, obviously the big message, the overall message of what the show is about, we want everybody to take that away. Um, but, you know, we threw in a, there's a, a joke that we talked about for at length to be like, is this, should we throw this in? And it was just a, a reference to Friday night lights. And we, you know, we, we were testing us on some families and one of the parents was like, thank you for that. And we were like, yes, awesome. You know, because <laughs> we didn't know if it was just going to, if they were going to gloss right over it or it was just uh, distracting or, you know, anything like that. Well, I, I love it. Like I said, I, I laugh at the names and my kids are like, what? I'm like, no, it's, I, it's too much to explain. Just, it's funny. <laughs> it's not for you anyway. So just, you know, go back to the <laughs> I was I was on the website and I I love that you guys call what you do edutaining. <laughs> I think I would have probably listened more in school if things were a little bit more entertaining cuz again a musical theater nerd like give me a music to like a musical experience to explain something and I'm there. Uh I know that um Mike you're an educator as well. Do you guys hope that schools will use this podcast and the activities that you offer on the website as part of their curriculum or somehow weave it in to what they're currently teaching the kids? Yeah, you know, I, I it, all of this is brought with with um, sincerity and, and love for kind of curiosity. Um, obviously, there's the big aspect of we believe that that everybody, you know, no matter how young or small can can make that awesome difference. Um, and no better place to kind of reinforce that idea than than in the school setting where, you know, kids really do become part of a community within their classroom, within their school. Um, and, you know, they're with so many of the same students for so many years, depending on if they can be in the same area that we think, you know, one of the biggest things that you get out of school is how to be 
Um, you know, I remember the how to be a good citizen was what we called it when I went to school, you know, citizenship and things like that. But a lot of it is just, um, you know, how we treat one another and how we uh, take care of our, our, our families and take care of each other and our, learn how to be respectful and kind. And so um, absolutely, some of these activities are going to be um, just kind of diving in a little bit deeper or even just for, for the sake of fun um, activities. And then others can uh, you know, be a jumping off point to really dig into this. Um, we, we know there's no you know, perfect grade that is going to study all of the subjects that we cover. Um, but the the bigger, big picture concepts that are behind all of these, you know, even if they don't study honeybees, they, they study ecosystems, they study, um, you know, uh, you know, animals that um, are endangered or, or need a little bit more help from us to, to, you know, do their job better. So all of those kind of things that they could talk about um, from a science class to even just a, a theatrical class of how to tell a story. Um, I, I think all of that could be done. So yes, the activities absolutely could be used by teachers and, and we're, we're curious to see if there's an even um, deeper dive into these things that, that could be um, part of this show. So we're, we're looking forward to the feedback from, from those wonderful educators out there doing an awesome job uh, during a very difficult time. So you have both worked for Disney for a lot of years. How do your roles as cast members, how has that inspired you or prepared you for what you're doing now? Um, well, so we have really different roles at Disney. So I'll, I'll just start with my background and it's been solely in entertainment. So I um, have been just a singer actress for Disney now for um, over nine years and I've done the role of Nemo in Finding Nemo the Musical and Ariel in The Voyage of the Little Mermaid at Claire de Lune at Hoop-dee-doo. And then when Disney Junior Live on stage was open, I was the hostess, um, Casey, in that. And so all of those roles were... Um, again, very much within my wheelhouse. So I didn't have to really, I, I felt like I was very much just me uh, on stage for those. Um, but there was, of course, the, the performance element to it and the singing and all of that good stuff. But then I would say for Disney Junior Live on stage, there was actually a lot of Im kind of improv that happened because, and uh, hoop de doo as well, there, you improv a lot of it because you just never know how the audience is going to uh, react to you. And it's, it's just a lot of interaction. And so that that is really great as far as for what we had to do now, just kind of like improving different voices, different characters, uh, just kind of seeing, seeing what lands. The beauty of Mike and I wearing all of the hats is that we got to, you know, we got to make all of the choices we got to, if we wanted to go off script and, and try a line here or try a joke there, we could do that. Um, so I would say for me, the way, the ways my roles at Disney have prepared us for this would be just the ways I was able to explore improvising and, um, interacting with the audience we we did some test runs with family and friends as we were creating these and so we would do these zoom calls where we would kind of watch them as they were um, listening and so it, it wasn't the same as we weren't able to change anything live while we were watching them but we could go to back to the drawing board after the zoom call and say okay they laughed at this joke they didn't laugh at this um you know they loved this character so maybe we bring her back in another episode so just really watching your audience and reading them and seeing what they like and then um reacting to that and continuing to write in a way that you know that your audience is going to enjoy. Yeah. And, you know, um, 
my education background is kind of what brought me to Disney. I th- we, you know, have always been a Disney um, enthusiast family um, and absolutely grew up on the music and between, you know, Disney buying Marvel and the Muppets and uh, Star Wars, they, that's pretty much my childhood. So, you know, all of those great inspiring uh, creative works have just been, um, have always been there, you know, and, and as a music person, you know, always thinking about, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas or John Williams Star Wars scores or whatever it is, um, and really just seeing how well um, Disney pays attention to getting really great people to tell their stories. I, I had a chance to, to compose for a children's theater up in Maryland, and and between that and the musical theater as, um, um, productions that we did uh, at the high school that I taught at, it was, you know, it was about exploring these characters and, and in a very short time, trying to p- put on the best show that you can. Um, so my, my first role at Disney was uh, uh, at the American Idol experience as a casting director there. So I would hear singers, um, you know, thousands of singers a year, um, all, you know, coming to sing their heart out, hoping that they would get the golden ticket that could help them get onto the, um, you know, to go into Hollywood stage faster and all of that good stuff. And it was just one of those kind of take the school year and shrink it into a 10 minute audition. And what can we do with a mini voice lesson? What can we do to kind of um, raise these people up, get their confidence going, get them to be problem solvers, get them to, to really be excited about um, the craft of, of uh, performing and, and, uh, and learn to find their voice. And I think that's something that, that artists, continue to do, um, till their last performance, you know, you've never, it's nothing that you'll ever perfect. And, and by, by no means do we think that we have perfected anything with, with our show, but we, we had that passion and we had that drive to, to, you know, make it as fun and and as engaging as possible. So, you know, all of those inspirations that we get from other performers, and I I continued that with roles in the Disney youth programs, um, where I got to teach workshops to visiting choirs. And, uh, we had a lot of, uh, hosted a lot of events and, and, um, competitions and all these sorts of things to get kids excited about creating. Um, and that's, that's really the end game for us that, that, you know, Helping, helping each other, being kind, and doing all these wonder, wonderful things is just an, is the normal thing. It's just the thing that you do. And and performers know about collaboration, and you can't get anything done unless you work together. And and all of that hopefully is echoed in our work. And it absolutely was echoed behind the scenes um, as you go through. And again, starting with the blank page, how do you get to where we are now? You've got to really you know put all all efforts forward and and believe in each other that you can do it. I love that. Last question. What is next for the super secret high? We have six episodes now. Are there going to be more? What's next for the two of you? Good question. Anything you can share? (laughs) Well, you know, at this point, we really don't know what's next. We kind of wanted to just release season one, put it out in the universe and see how the world responds to it. Um, (laughs) We're biased. We think it's great, but we had no idea if, if if people listening would enjoy it or not. And honestly, how, if kids would enjoy it and want to keep coming back for more. So we have gotten some really, really great feedback, which has been wonderful. Um, and I would say at this point, kind of like everything in the world, we're, we're just really not sure what's going to happen. Um, we're just taking it one day at a time, but it, for now it is just this, the six episodes and the album of 14 songs, the album will be released early 2021 um, of, of all of those songs. We've we've toyed around with the ideas, uh, the idea of you know future episodes and what those might look like. Um, but as of right now, we're we're still just kind of 
seeing how it lands in the universe and keeping our fingers crossed. Yeah. And we, you know, we hope the, the inspiration to, to make some really cool choices for these kids to, you know, how can they help the bees? How, you know, what can they do to prevent, um, you know, any trash or any, any sort of litter that to go into their local ponds and rivers, or if they live by the ocean, anything like that, you know, what can they do to help? Um, obviously we're in a time now where, um, health is such a, you know, big, big topic and, and making sure you're taking care of yourself and, and your family. So, you know, we hope the, the adventures that we've gone on, uh, Julia, myself and these characters, um, can be continued in the, in the, uh, families of the, you know, of all the listeners. Um, and we hope that they share these with us too. You know, something that we wanted social media to be is not necessarily just kind of promoting what we're doing, which is, which is part, absolutely a part of it. Cause we want to get as many, you know, families to, and, and actually I, I, we keep saying families too, you know, we've had so many people that have just said that they've enjoyed listening to it. Um, and I think part of it is, you know, they might be musical theater people. They just might like different songs. Um, but the, the message obviously is something that's universal. So we don't want to make, we don't want to, uh, you know, not include anybody who would like to listen to this, but I think, you know, how can people make those choices? And, and really the kids are the ones that we, we want them to know how awesome and how valuable they are and, and what a difference they can make. So no matter who you are, you know, we know you can make a difference. And, and if you can help inspire others to do that with this and, and share that with us, that, that would just be, that's kind of the dream come true. And absolutely. We'd love to continue the adventures and, and see what other cool ways to, to interact with kids and kind of get them on board with uh, just creating, creating things. Um, and uh, you know, just like the world is right now, you know, uncertain in many ways, we will, we'll, we'll plan uh, as best we can and, and hope for, hope for the best. Well, that's awesome. I hope we hear more. I didn't know there was an album coming out. I was going to ask that like side note question when you guys came up with the Same. <laughs> so, because it seems like it that. should be. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. I was like, there needs to be an album. I'm like, I just want to listen to the songs album. after. <laughs> so, that's exciting. I'm going to tell my son because he was asking that too. He's like, ask them, ask them about the episodes. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And we've got, you know, each episode has at least one, uh, one or two songs, and and there's some some of our favorites have yet to be released. So we're oh, excited. Yay. Yeah, oh, that's exciting. I'm excited. Oh yeah. Would you agree, would say, Julie? Oh yeah. I was gonna say. I feel like we just got better as we went along. So for me, I was just like hopeful that people would enjoy the first three episodes enough to. To, to like just keep going because I promise like episode four and five like I, for me they just get better and better so hopefully the audience agrees as well yeah oh I'm I'm so excited for the rest of them so I I'm sure other people will be as well that's awesome thank you yeah, yeah. no thank you again Julie and Mike for joining us today and of course thanks to all of you for listening to this episode of Geek Girls Universe podcast um, be sure to check out the Super Secret Hive available now on your favorite podcast apps and also on the website at hereatthehive.com. We'll be back to geek out with you again soon. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for more geeky goodness.